Hi there. This is New Year's Eve, and uh, it's Frank Emsbach from Madison Labor Radio wishing all of you the best for New Year and have a nice night. Tonight, we're going to do a retrospective talking a little bit about what Labor Radio has covered and our, what we think are the changes over the year. We have four of us here. Uh, Alan is on the phone. Uh, we have in the studio Keith Steffen, Carol Wydell, and myself, and we will speak about uh, what we think has happened in the labor movement and with our show. We're going to start off with Ellen, who is calling in. Hello? Am I on? You are. You certainly are. Okay, great. I can hear you both. I wanted to start the show with a quote from Sharon Nelson, who's uh, from the Flight Attendants Union, that I think really encapsulates what I hope we were seeing this last year, which is, for over 50 years, management has tried to teach workers that they should be feel lucky to have a job. For the next 50 years, we need to teach management they should be they should feel lucky to have our work. And I think a lot of the things that have happened over the past year, two years with COVID, showing how important um, people's labor is, has you know I think really shown us that that is in case the fact and I know Frank's going to talk about this some later but it was so true this year this last year where so many workers are starting to very vocally and very forcefully show that that's true that you know management needs to understand that they can't do things without our labor and you know you hear these reported things about labor shortages and um, you know but we're, we've been saying there's a whole lot more complications in this, but one of the things that are being said are it's not a labor shortage, it's a wage shortage, and people are waking up to that fact that people have been so grossly underpaid and treated dismally for so long that they're finally sort of taking it to the streets with a lot of the um, strikes and things that we saw over the last year. Um, the other thing that I think to me is just recently that happened was that there was a virtual walkout of IT workers. And as some of you know, my second career now is doing IT work. And I've been seeing that, you know, there's this transition period now for workers that to work at home and how that's all been playing out. And so that's another thing that I can see for the future that we'll be looking at more. But I think that work from home and, and different permutations of work has really been a big issue over the last year as well. And um, I don't know, I mean, but that's basically my opening statement about what's been happening. And hopefully the other thing that I see happening is that we still have so many fights ahead of us with things like voting rights and the gerrymandering and um Things like, you know, the AFL-CIO is working for the PRO Act, but then workers are also taking things into their own hands. So I can just see the upcoming year, I hope, will probably be um, more of what's been happening this last year with workers really starting together at a gathering together at a grassroots level to move forward to help get a voice in their workplace and so on. Anybody Keith, have any comments on that? Well, Keith is going to speak, but uh, Keith, could you introduce yourself? Because most many people may not know who you are. Sure. I'm Keith Steffen. I'm a retired letter carrier and member of the National Association of Letter Carriers. I edit the newsletter for them locally, and uh, 
I'm a delegate to the South Central Federation of Labor. Um, and I think that Ellen's points about disrespect for workers over the last several decades really has been increasing and I think that's starting to turn around somewhat. I think that's a good point that she's made and uh, one of the ways that we see that turning around is appointments made to groups like the National Labor Relations Board where there are some people in uh, administration of that uh, body that are acting in ways that help workers instead of uh, helping management increase their power over workers. So that's uh, a wonderful thing that I see happening. I I think that we're, we've done a fairly good job here of covering some of those new personalities, some of those new people who are administering uh, uh, the National Labor Relations Board and other places, and hopefully we'll see that trend continue in places like the Postal Service, where um, the uh, the uh, Postmaster General DeJoy, who's uh, earned the um, earned the uh, uh, disrespect from a lot of people, uh, and hopefully we'll see him gone soon. Um, and other other people in positions of power, judgeships, and so on. Hopefully, we'll see some changes in those uh, people who have power over uh, over workers and how laws are implemented. Okay. Um, we also have with us tonight. Carol, our COVID expert, but would you introduce yourself and say who you are? Uh, I'm I'm Carol Weidel, uh, a member of the American Civil Liberties Union. Um, uh, yeah, speaking of COVID, we passed the 10,000 mark in deaths in Wisconsin. We began the year with fewer than 6,000 so it's kind of scary times out there, and uh, I hear that the schools are closing down. But in general, I think that we've uh, we've had some good um, new additions. Sean uh, was a um, a good addition, and I think in some ways the close the shutdown of the studio forced us to to learn new tricks. Uh, we we had to uh, pre-record our stories. We had to. Um, do interviews over the radio or over the phone. Uh, we've had some good, um, some good, um, actually some pretty tight stories sometimes, better than before. Locally, I think uh, there's a lot of activity going on. The nurses at Meritor um, have a contract uh, that they were happy with. Uh, the nurses at the UW Hospital are trying to get collective bargaining back, which was stolen from them uh, with Scott Walker and all the terrible things he did. Uh, Labor Fest was canceled this year because of COVID. Uh, they decided to do that. The building trades at the UW doesn't even have a pay increase. Uh, there's a lot of one, one percent maybe. Yeah, well, that's what they maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and then, um, but but also while I'm on the subject of the UW, we had that toxic professor who was ultimately let go, and it revealed all this little. Uh, 
covering up or not speaking up about things that they're so used to all this rude behavior. I mean, a student killed himself. And that's what finally brought it to attention, all the bullying. Um, anyway, so there's there's a lot of uh, awakening going on, and I, I hope to see more of that in the future. Um, but and, and in and in terms of we we've we had something every almost every month covering what's happening with Amazon, who are still have to do an election do over in Bessemer, Alabama, finally forced to do that. Um, so and Starbucks uh, voted in a union in, in Buffalo, New York. So there's some uh, trades or some some workers who you normally wouldn't think would um, organize, and they are. And it's it's very heartening. Okay. Um, well, I'm Frank Emsbach, and in 1998, in January of 1998, Ellen and I wound up as the initial producers of uh, the Madison Labor Radio. And since then, I think it's important to say that we have grown. If judging from uh, how we can measure our audience, it's broadened. And there are also different ways in which we are distributing the news now. There's a podcast, or there will be by the next couple of weeks. There are headlines on the WORT website. We send out stories to each of the locals we cover. And so the general coverage is considerable. And of course, the internet's improved tremendously. And we find that when during our show, we can see how many people are listening on the internet. And it's not a lot, but it, that grows too. So there's that kind of, of growth that, that I see. The, the second thing that I think has distinguished us this year, aside from what people have uh, meant anecdotally. We have an analysis here of all the stories we've done that was uh, produced by Robin, who is uh, our script editor. Uh, so there's about, uh, we do about uh, five stories every week, sometimes 50 weeks, that's a couple of hundred stories. What we find is that every week there has been some coverage of something that labor has done. Not a defensive battle, but something on the offense, a strike, a walkout, a mobilization or something like that. The second aspect of this, uh, partially due to the work of Sean, but others, uh, Greg and Sean in particular, there is more coverage of other things than just right here. And so we're able to sandwich those in so that there is some sense of happenings elsewhere in the world because there is absolutely nothing in terms of labor coverage on any other radio station in Madison, never mind the newspapers. So if somebody really wants to find out about, for instance, even the IAM strike down here in Belleville, I think it was Belleville, they're going to have to get it from Madison Labor Radio. And I think that uh, the combination of expanding coverage, of being able to bring in other ideas from other parts of the country, combined with greater coverage locally, particularly of the university, the low-wage leader in town, but also what the people in the city and the state are trying to do has, has enriched our content. And when we look at the stories, we can see that. And um, so those are some changes that, that I see. Now, I think our biggest weakness, to be honest, is that we do not do enough coverage of uh, the black student movement, the black community movement, uh, we have done better uh, with with uh, the movement among uh, immigrants, the Hispanic movement in town and in the state. But we need to find ways to connect much more with all the communities that we serve. And that is a big challenge for us. It's been a challenge for us 
for some time, and I think we're trying to figure out how we can address that. But uh, that's my sense about where we are, and uh, now we can open it up if anybody wants to call, 256-2001. You don't have to give money, but uh, otherwise, Ellen is still on the phone, I think, right? Are you there? Yep, I'm still on the phone. Uh, so, I, you know, I, to, I don't I'm, know. If, I'm still here. Okay. Hello? Hello, Sue. You're there. Uh-huh. I'm there. No, I wanted to point out, too, that we've had a couple of other good, you know, like Janine um, Ramsey just joined us towards the end of the year, and she's starting to contribute. And we also have a few folks like Anaham who's helped us. I, I hope I'm not forgetting people. But um, Scott McCullough, who comes in and helps us as well. I mean, the whole... Well, he's doing the, pod, the podcast. Sean has been yep, a big and the help. the people that are doing the podcast. I don't, that's a person I don't really know. But yes, we've got a lot of good folks that are uh, working on the show. Oh, and I wanted to mention that um, one of the cool things about what Keith said about the National Labor Relations Board is someone who actually helped on the show and actually helped with Workers Independent News is now working as the one of the PR people for the NLRB. Communications directors, communication director. Correct. Right. And that was Kayla Plato, who we've actually talked to many times on the show. So that really points to a whole different direction that it seems to be coming out of the National Labor Relations Board now, which is a good thing to see, which I hope it, it remains. Well, Kayla took that position, you know, after she'd become president of this organization that she helped create, um, organizing many of the nonprofit uh, organizations in Washington. Correct. And right. I think, I think uh, to your point, it's a example of the National Labor Relations Board being even-handed. That's the idea here. They're supposed to have staff that comes from the management and the union background, and they have simply refused to have union people now for almost 20 years. And that seems to definitely be changing. Yes, it's it's definitely changing, and and I I'm heartened to see that teachers are getting more organized, and nurses locally, especially the nurses, have been very strong, and uh, I think get, gathering strength to reunionize UW. And in Chicago, in particular, the teachers are doing a great job of organizing. So uh, that's that's good news that we're seeing. Uh-huh. Yeah, and locally also we have a, the group of folks at the university um, called the University Labor Council that's been trying to help with um, getting more activism on campus and um, trying to see, you know, trying to give workers a voice after, again, the devastating blows from the Walker administration. So hopefully that will continue as well in the next upcoming year because I know that they did quite a few things around when, um, you know, around safety and COVID and so on. And I they're continuing to work on other is- organizing issues. I just got a note from Joanne, and I apologize. Our call in number, anybody wants to call in and comment, oh. is 608 467 5627. And uh, as we say, phone answers are standing by. If anybody wants to give us a ring and, and comment about the show or what we're doing or what we should be doing in the future, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Carol, do you have anything? You looked eager there for a minute. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really, um, really kind of um, heartened by some of the national stuff that's going on. You know, right around the time uh, the stagehands, the uh, 
I can't I can't remember what That's all the letters Yahtzee. Yeah, I know a Yahtzee, but I don't know what that international uh, association blah, 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 association of state. Anyway, right around the time they're calling for a strike vote, there's that death on the. Right. On the on the set of that movie that Alec Baldwin was doing, which was tying right into some of the safety issues that they were talking about, and it was, um, and they won a contract. And they that that um, strike vote was in October. Then the death occurred, and then they had a contract by November. And that's not a good way to uh, achieve a success but you know it really made it clear what the need was and that was that was good so they can all thank Alec Baldwin uh, so. I guess so yeah, yeah. Well, by the way the full name is the International Alliance of theatrical stage employees moving picture technicians artists and allied crafts of the United States its territories and Canada that <laughs> well, is why here. you're the damage and control special well, here in, here in Madison who didn't introduce herself Oh, Joanne, yes. I, I, I had said to Joanne at the beginning that she was supposed to introduce her, herself, but she didn't. So anyway, uh, one of the things here in Madison, of course, is that there is NIATSE local here at the Overture Center that the Overture Center continually goes after. And uh, the Overture Center is not an equity house. It's not an actor's equity house. And that's maybe something that we'll spend more time talking about here, that Madison has a very, very low percentage of unionization. But um, I did want to say one thing about the upheavals going on in the country. One of the difficulties that we are going to face in covering this is to recognize that in every single major case, whether it was IATSE or the IAM or the UAW, the membership voted down the original contracts. And uh, uh, we are not in the business of uh, going after and criticizing editorially the various unions. But I think it's important for the listeners to know that some of these contracts are voted down two and three times. And I think that that really shows uh, the feelings of the membership and perhaps uh, maybe the distance of the leadership from the membership. Ultimately, most of these contracts were accepted with significant wage increases, but without structural changes that many of the workers sought. And I think we're going to see some of this in the future as the system begins to unravel because the system has only worked because there's been practically no inflation. And so wage increases of 1% or 2% were like, oh, my God, at least there wasn't a concession. That is no longer possible. And I think we're going to see in the next few months, and I hope our coverage will reflect this, that there's going to be more and more upheaval, both amongst the unorganized and the organized. And again, that is our challenge to reach out to the unorganized workers, which is 95% of the workforce, and find a way to give them voice on labor radio. And and one of the a couple of the organizations that have been working with those people are the Fight for 15 group, which has been around for a few years now, and they're starting to see some success. You know, there's there there's few laws that are passed locally, but some of these companies are starting to pay their workers more and uh, still not a living wage in many cases, but somewhat more. And there's also the Poor People's Campaign, which has worked with the Fight for 15 group and, and a number of other groups. And and uh, they are agitating for better conditions for working people. And so we want to thank those 
people. We also want to thank our readers, who there are a number of them. I'm not going to try to list them all because I'm sure I'll forget somebody, but but uh, we've been able to come back into the station in the last few months, which uh, we were we were not able to do for a couple of years, close to a couple of years, and so it's good to to see people's faces and have them participate again. Well, you are the reader coordinator. I don't know that everybody caught that part right at oh, the beginning. Yeah, but that means Keith is responsible for this. And one thing that's really important, and it's an important contribution to our efforts to expand listenership, is that the readers go back to work. They go back to their local union. We have sixteen, eighteen readers, and so in a certain sense, they are ambassadors for what we're trying to do here, and an extremely important part of our operation. So, if anybody wishes to uh, get online and become a reader. We'll help you out and do that, and Keith will be in touch. I'd be happy to. Well, and not only just be a reader, but we can always use other participants in the show as well. Uh, one thing that we did cover this year was uh, the 10-year anniversary of uh, the Scott Walker-inspired uh, uh, um, uprising. Uh, that, that, was, uh, that was a big change here in Wisconsin, and... Um, and we're still living with the con- consequences today. Well, we covered it pretty extensively, I think, on our show. But um, I think we are still, we cover it. I, I would say we have a story about something in the public sector and somebody trying to do something just about once a week, which would reflect the population of the city, of course. Mm-hmm. But, Carol, you had some notes about other things that have happened, people's well, passing. Yeah, well, uh, Richard Trumka, which was who was the head of the AFL-CIO, he came out of the Mine Workers Union. Uh, he he uh, he died this year, and uh, and he has been replaced by a woman whose name I can't remember. Liz Shuler. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and a labor troubadour, Ann Feeney, died in February, and she's visited Madison and. Uh, She's a friend to all unions. Stanley Aronowitz was an intellectual uh, who uh, passed through Madison and uh, at the national level was uh, quite a thinker, and he died this year as well. These are all people we've interviewed, incidentally. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so there's there's uh, stuff going on. Um, there was a, a solidarity um thing by the longshoremen uh, with the Palestinians. Uh, they refused to unload a... Israeli ship on the West Coast uh, out of solidarity with the Palestinians. So uh, labor can sometimes reach across uh, labor lines uh, in terms of solidarity with other oppressed people in other countries, and the Palestinians certainly have uh, been oppressed for um, many years. It's going to be an issue as time goes on. This year in particular, I think we're going to see uh, more efforts on the part of both the Palestinians, but other unions in other parts of the world reaching out to American unions and saying, help us out. You know, you ask for help from you. You want help in terms of sweatshops and whatnot. We want help in terms of human rights and organizing. And I think based on uh, conversations I've had with people and visits uh, that I had in the last uh, couple of months, that uh, we're going to see more of that. And that's going to raise very, very interesting issues here with our labor movement because most people in the labor movement really are not uh, used to that. Well, uh, so we'll see. Well, and the Chinese um, have basically uh, enslaved the Uyghur minority and they are making probably some of that clothing that we all buy at 
Walmart and other places because they're certainly making the Apple phone. Somebody, there's, I think, there's no there's no wage any lower than slave labor. Uh, well, it's five fifty six and a half. We about ready to wrap it up. Uh, Ellen, do you want to say anything else? Oh, just a couple of things. Just by as of note, the um, and you, one of the um, Foxconn manufacturers got shut down by Apple because of poor conditions recently. That was just in the news. And then on this sort of sad note, I was binge watching TV. I admit it. And there was a commercial for Save the Children to save the children in the United States because of poverty and, and um, hunger. And so I'm hoping for next year that we remember that Save the Children are now saving children here in the United States, which is just abominable. And hopefully we in the labor movement can help and keep the fight going and continue in the upcoming year. And here I thought you were going to mention Betty White. <laughs> Did she die this year? Yes. She just died today. She just died today. Oh, my gosh. Well, then think along those lines. Her 100th birthday. Oh, uh, along those lines, I think it's important to you know the letter carriers have their annual food drive, which was short-circuited by the COVID thing. But this station and our show in particular has always pushed that because it, is, it raises literally millions of pounds of food and about three or 400,000 here in the city of Madison. And so the, we are trying to find other ways for Labor Radio to integrate ourselves with the community by working with those who have campaigns to assist others and, of course, to raise the issues, the policy issues. How come kids don't have enough food in the first place? And that letter carrier food drive is the second Saturday in May. So, um, But there are plenty of other... Um, food pantries that can use help every week and not just in May, but please when, donate. When uh, Labor Fest was canceled, uh, Labor, Labor did an outreach for uh, kids' school supplies and gift cards so that they could get gift uh, school supplies. So that was, uh, that was helpful. Well, uh, I'd like to say on behalf of our group here and uh, our readers, and uh, of course, we'd like to thank our listeners all of our supporters, WRT, for their support to maintain a show like this for almost uh, almost 30 years. What, 20, 23 years? Anyway, 24 years, a long time. Um, no, 26 years. 26 okay. years, yeah. And, yeah no, and, that's right, because we had the 15-minute show with Jan Miyazaki when we first started. You're absolutely and, right. And uh, our news is news director, is that her title, Sholly? Sholly keeps us on the straight and narrow. She does a great job. She does a great job. And all the staff here do. Job. Yes. So we'd like to thank all of you. W local one five nine. We'd uh, like union members. Uh, yes, we'd like to thank all of you for your listeners and uh, and your support. We hope to hear from you during the course of the year. Don't be shy. Give us a ring. Get in touch. The more stories we get from our listeners, the better off we're going to be. So thank you very much for listening, and we'd like to say good night. Be careful out there. Be active. Thank you.